right, welcome everyone back to the Brocast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I'm going to try to do this fairly quick because I am watching college football on Saturday, cleansing my palate after UCLA's loss to Cincinnati on Thursday. Um, analysis has already been kind of done to death on the thing. I kind of echo everybody else. Um, you know, run defense was fine. Um, generalized the third down pass defense was horrible um, Dorian Thompson Robinson was very bad uh, the offense itself didn't look much like what we saw at the end of last year there was none of that you know check into the line of, check into the sideline uh, for the play call um, a lot of very complex motioning and shifting they ran seven personnel groups according to our man Chris um, they were I think clearly using this game as like a workshop, testing things out, and uh, that speaks to what you know what what Tracy reported that potentially you know they're um, you know they they're not they're they they are still considering these non-conference games you know the next best thing to a preseason game, which I think is baffling and and silly um, and frustrating, obviously for fans out there who are watching these games expecting uh, the best effort and uh, focus solely on winning. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I think, um, you know, generally it's very disappointing uh, to go into the season expecting, you know, them to continue what they did last year and then have that big of a dud in the game one. You know, I thought it was much worse, actually, than the Cincy game last year. Uh, that game was relatively even yardage-wise. Uh, this one, Cincy more or less dominated this game. Um, it was more or less some fluky stuff that even kept UCLA in it. Um so I don't I don't know I thought it was pretty bad. Um, it could be just a one off, the same as uh, you know, uh, well not the same as anything from last year because that was more of a five off. But uh, it could be you know that they just had one bad game and they'll get it together next week, or it could be that this is the same sort of thing as last year and it's going to take you know four or five games for them to really get it going. Um, and then maybe finish the year well. But if that's the state of this offense, that it takes four games for it to get moving. Is that really a good college offense? That's the question. All right, uh, let me get to some questions because uh, that's what I promised. Uh, Second Street just says, my only question is why, and that's a great one always. Uh, Shambo Bruin, have you ever seen play calling as bad as UCLA's last drive in the first half, three and out against our own ed- end zone using three predictable running plays with two Cincinnati timeouts? Uh, I, I mean, I've seen play calling that bad because I've been watching UCLA for 20 years, uh, but that... That was horrible. I thought that was egregious and bad. It was a minute 40 to go, um, two timeouts for UCLA, um, down heading into halftime. Uh, run run your offense. Run a two-minute scheme. I mean, how many times have you seen a quarterback who's struggling, able to complete some you know quick throws in a two-minute drill and move down the field in kind of a simplified way with some tempo? Uh, it's a good way to get your quarterback in a rhythm. Um, and instead they ran a bunch of dives into the middle of the defense. And since he got the ball back and almost scored, if Jay Shaw hadn't been able to pick the ball at the, at the goal line. Um, no, I thought that was horrible. Um, and it's so antithetical to anything you would have seen from Chip Kelly at Oregon. And it's just, you know, I know people don't like it when I sit here and talk about, well, why isn't he doing the stuff he did at Oregon? But seriously, why isn't he doing the stuff he did at Oregon? Nobody has ever stopped that offense with, like, any kind of consistency. Yeah, there's been the one-off occasions against, like, Auburn in the national title game where the offense didn't do too well. But, look, I think everyone out there would take getting stoned in the 
championship game of the CFP if it meant that they looked better during the season um, with a simple up-tempo, uh, more or less unbeatable on a week-to-week basis offense. Uh, just And throw all that aside, just the macro decision-making. Like, you have a minute 40 to go with two timeouts. That's an opportunity to score no matter what you're doing in college football. Um, no, nah, I thought that was silly. Uh, how would you describe Sean Ryan's performance? I thought he did fine. For a true freshman starting at left tackle, I didn't even think he was the worst on the offensive line. I thought Chris Murray and John Gaines were both um, significantly worse. Ryan wasn't great, but, um, you know, give him a pass for being a true freshman, and he wasn't. I didn't think he was the weakest link. Um, Bruin Duro, at what point do we go to Burton at quarterback? It's got to be on the table, right? Or does DTR have a lot of leeway built up from his good games last year? Um... Got to be on the table for sure. Um, I don't see it happening before San Diego State, but I could see it happening if he opens the San Diego State game struggling as hard as he did against um, Cincinnati. What stood out to me watching uh, DTR in that game uh, against Cincinnati was just how nervous he looked. Um, Just happy feet the entire game, even when he had a clean pocket um, and just airmailing throws. Didn't look settled at any point. Um, I would have, I mean, I'm not a head coach or anything, but I I think it would have been reasonable to pull him for a series. Let him know, hey, I'm just pulling you for a series. Put Burton in for a series and let him know I'm just putting you in for a series just to settle his nerves or try to at least. Um, Because he looked so amped up in that game. Um, And if he comes out against San Diego State doing the same, I think you've you've really got to consider putting Burton in. I, I don't know how it could be worse. I thought that was one of the worst quarterback games I've seen in a long time. Uh, KG Bruin, thoughts on not playing Josh Theo Darnay if assumption is that they would have played if it was a conference game? I don't know if that can if that is a fair assumption. Um, I know it uh, goes with what Tracy reported that, you know, they uh, there's at least some word trickling out that, you know, they were they were definitely held out because it's, you know, they didn't want to risk re-injury in, in a non-conference game. Uh, but that's not the same as saying they would have played if it was Cal or whatever. Um, I, uh, you know, and I don't know the circumstances if they held themselves out, if they wanted to play and they didn't, or what it was. So I don't, I don't want to make assumptions about the injuries. Uh, Sacrapanti, let's discuss why not putting in your best effort in every game played is a good idea. Why it's a good idea to teach young people that you shouldn't always give your all your best effort no matter what you are doing. Yeah, I mean, if that whole thing is true, I think it's ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous from a you know paying customer standpoint. It's ridiculous from understanding why all games matter in college football standpoint. Um, but mostly, it's just it's it's you know it goes back to that like Chip Kelly. I mean, maybe you are the smartest guy in the room, but do you have to like attempt to prove it with every single strategic decision that you try to make? I mean, it, it it's just. Okay, if everyone else is treating non-conference games as if they're a serious thing and you decide not to, you better have a damn good reason. Um, If everyone else is recruiting and at least paying attention to star rankings and you decide not to, you better have a damn good reason. Um, If it's just to prove that you can do things in a different way, then what are we really doing here? Um, It's like the world's most expensive, like, non-essential science experiment. Um... Anyway, uh, go UCLA 05. Has your belief that Chip Kelly can ultimately turn around the UCLA football program been shaken at all by the loss to Cincy or by our recent recruiting woes? So first, I didn't, I haven't been super confident since um, the beginning of last season, really. Um, but 
uh, yeah, shaken even more so by uh, the Cincy loss. Um, I was expecting, even with my shaken confidence in Chip Kelly and his ability to turn this whole thing around, I was expecting them to continue the success from last season, from the end of last year, but it's actually ending up being my worst fear, which I've mentioned a couple of times, which is maybe last year is just kind of the template for how a Chip Kelly season with this sort of offense is going to go because it is so complex. It does take so much to learn and get back up to speed on it that you're going to have some rust to shake off every single preseason or non-conference season or whatever you want to call it. Um, we'll see if that bears out, if it continues to look rusty and bad through the next three or four games, but it does, it does keep that worry alive. Um, this is a much more complex offense than he was running at Oregon. You know, there was a lot of uh, booster types who were talking like glowingly about how big the playbook was last spring. And I was sitting there saying, well, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, like Carl Durrell had a big ass playbook. How'd that work out? Um, what we've learned about college football over the years is that simpler isn't always better, but I would say on balance, the simpler offenses tend to do better uh, because guys just don't have that much time to learn it. They don't have that much time to learn it in the micro. In a single week, you don't have that much time with your guys. And you also don't have that much time to learn in the mic in the macro. You only have four or five years at most uh, to really, really, really get comfortable with a scheme. And if you're adding in way too much, that's a lot of stuff to get perfect on. Um, but if you are running a relatively simple, simple scheme at tempo, uh, you can get perfect on your 20 plays that you run really fast. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if the Cincy game was a product of injuries and Dorian Thompson-Robinson playing a really uncharacteristically bad game and just a few weird little factors that played into it. Or if it is a sign that every year we're going to have to go through this with Chip Kelly where it's three or four games where they just look bad on offense um, because he's trying to run a much more complex scheme than he's done before. I, I, I don't know yet. Um, conversely, has your belief that Mick Cronin can turn around the UCLA basketball program been improved by the commitment of Dacian Next, Yeah, for sure. But also, I'm usually pretty bullish on any coach when they're hired. I thought Steve Alford had a chance. Mick Cronin sure has a chance. Um, it's a... You know, both UCLA football and UCLA basketball are easy jobs. Remember that. They're easy jobs. Um, it takes a lot to be bad at them. Um, and that's just a, the, the truth of the matter is UCLA has hired very poorly over the years. So you've gotten a lot of coaches who've been bad at these jobs. But um, there's a lot of factors in place for it to be relatively easy. Um, and so Mick Cronin, yeah, he should be good. Bruin Michael C. One, here's a crazy theory. If it's true Chip Kelly doesn't care about the out-of-conference games and he's hoarding his resources, is he like a famous general who is sacrificing a battle or two or three so that he can turn around and surprise his opponents later? Is he Hannibal sacrificing the center of his line? Or Mongols fainting a retreat? Or am I overthinking this? Well, the thing is, um, all battles are sublimated by a war, right? So, Or sublimated into a war. So if, um, if you lose nine battles, but you win the last one, and it's a devastating win, uh, it doesn't matter that you went one and nine if you then win the war, right? You take the city or whatever. Um, that's not a football season. If you go one and nine and you beat whoever you see the place at the end of the year, one and 10, what is it, Cal? Um, if you go one and 11, but the last one is against Cal, I mean, you're not winning any war there. You're not even going to a bowl game. So 
Uh, no, there it's the cumulative effect of adding all these games together. So it's not as much like that. It's more like um, uh, it's more like if if Rome during the fall had decided to let oh you know we're gonna let the Visigoths take Iberia um, and we're gonna let the Gauls take um, uh, whatever it was called then Francia something like that. Uh, and we're going to let the Lombards take most of North Italy just so we can set them up for the big counter punch coming in a hundred years. Um, that would be more like it, what it was, which nobody would do because it's stupid. Um, so no, I don't, I, I mean, it would be ideal if it was that, that, but I don't think that's what it is. Um, two, if Chip Kelly were a famous military general, who would he be and why? I think you got to go to World War One. Um, he strikes me as one of those guys who's fighting the last war um, with those tactics, but it's sort of a personal thing for him. I think he's trying to show that this is what my NFL offense really would have looked like if I'd gotten the time and the resources I needed. This is what I can do. Um, because everyone, everyone who's like really into like the X's and O's crap keeps talking about how intricate and beautiful this offense is and all the wild stuff he's doing and whatever, I guess. Um, and maybe that's what it is. Just trying to show, you know, this is what I could have done. And that's, that's like a world war one general at the beginning of that war fighting, fighting the last war. Um, so like a Joseph Joffre, um, three, who makes the final four of their sport first, UCLA basketball or football basketball. Four, over-unders, take your pick. Weeks until Josh Kelly takes five handoffs, 2.5, I'll take the under. UCLA wins, 4.5, I'll take the under. Yeah, I'll take the under. Um, I think um, now I, I wouldn't take them against, I don't think I'm going to take them against San Diego State. We'll see. I'll see how San Diego State looks in their opener. Um, Arizona is maybe winnable, but I honestly thought they looked better against Hawaii than UCLA against Cincinnati. Um I think Oregon State's still probably a win. I still think they can get Colorado, maybe. Um, probably pull another couple at the end of the year when they're starting to look better. But yeah, four and eight. That'd probably be my guess right now. Um, UCLA basketball wins 21 and a half. I will take the over. Burbank Bruin nine. Will UCLA admissions ever ease up and accept all NCAA qualifiers? No, they will not. Uh, can Monster re-enroll since classes haven't started yet? This is from LMC in LA. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, CP4 UCLA. Can you rank the worst quarterback performances in recent UCLA history? Well, I was blind drunk for most of Kevin Kraft, so I can't reasonably include any of his, but I'm sure there was at least one or two. Um, other ones I would, would add in, including Dorian's recent one. McLeod Bethel Thompson against Notre Dame for sure, um, but that was largely a coaching failure. Um, I, I want to say David Corral against Wyoming, but I don't know if statistically that one ended up being so bad. Um, but yeah, this was this was certainly up there. Um, not giving up on Chip. This is from Batcave ninety nine. But being that the last game was a disaster, do you think UCLA would hire somebody like Kendall Bryles head coach? No, never. Uh, comfort zone. If Kelly goes a homo esque one and ten, Cal two thousand one. Is there any chance he gets fired at the end of the season? You know, I was just talking about some pe- talking to some people about this, um, some friends, and uh, it's really interesting. If they went like one and eleven or zero and twelve, I don't think it would happen. I, I, I don't think he would get fired, but I would think it would have to be at least on the table at the end of the year because think about all the different things that would then be ramifications of that. First, recruiting would be absolutely destroyed. Nobody would be coming to this program. Two. Um, 
fan base would be destroyed. Nobody would be coming to games. Season ticket sales will be completely in the tank. Uh, I think he would. I think even with boosters still being generally sold on on Kelly and the whole program, Owen twelve I think would change that in a heartbeat. Um, I, yeah, I, I could I, I could see that. I could see a scenario where that would lead to a firing after this year. However, I think it's more likely that he would get another year. But it would set up year three being absolutely he needs to have a very good year. Um, and, you know, coming off of 0-12, that's almost an impossibility. But, yeah, I think there I mean, there would have to be conversations at that point about what the hell is going on. I don't think you can spin that one. If, if, if he starts out his UCLA time with like five total wins through two seasons that's that's bad five or fewer um brudini how much does uh, chip really care at this point he's making a ton of money living in la is there anyone in the athletic department who can check him or do they just let him do whatever he wants because of past success um i mean i think he cares but i think he cares in and maybe a more abstract way than fans do um I think he cares to put out a good product because I think he's got this like tinkerer laboratory mentality about the whole thing. But caring about beating Cincinnati, I don't know. After that one, I mean, that play calling was so weird. The way they were just diving into the line of scrimmage after a little while and clearly not bringing all their cards to the table with none of that, you know, sideline check stuff. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if... if I think he's got his ideas about what he wants to like try to do in every game. And I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's just running a really elaborate clinic at UCLA. It's, it's just, it's, it's bizarre. It's honestly bizarre to watch. Um, it's really disheartening. I think for anybody associated with UCLA on like a fan level to watch this happen. Um, because it just doesn't seem like the level of investment, emotional investment you got from Jim Mora is was maybe a little bit too much at times and i think he got burnt out on it because of it um but it like this is nothing like it doesn't seem like it's it's there's much emotional investment from chip kelly in actually you know doing the stuff to make ucla great um it's just it's really interesting it's really interesting to watch um, and then with that being said, I feel that expectations of a national championship run in 2020 were a bit too high to begin with. UCLA hasn't even had a winning record the past three years. I'd be happy to make a bowl and be competitive in the South. Even Pac-12 championship is too far away. What do you think our expectations should be? Thanks, DW. So I think, I think you're way, way adjusting your expectations based on what you've seen from Chip Kelly so far. And I think that is the wrong move 100%. In a vacuum, if you hear the schedule UCLA has in 2020 and that it's year three for any coach, the minimum expectations should be way higher than making a bowl game and being competitive in the South. Um, If it's year three and that's, that is the weakest schedule UCLA will have had in probably a dozen years. Um, And it's year three of a head coach. I mean, that's, that's a 10 win year. That's what that should be. Um, And if, if it's six and six or seven and five, that is a disaster to use to lose that opportunity with that schedule and go six and six or seven and five. Um, no, that the, so Bruins Nation uh, back in the day obviously had a lot of problems at that site, um, but they had a good way of looking about at this, which was prediction versus expectations. Um, 
your prediction for next year might be that it's six and six or seven and five, and that's fine. Um, but the expectations are they should be different because you should be thinking about it in terms of okay, it's year three now of Chip Kelly. He's had three recruiting classes to get into this program and really get the ball rolling on the talent. And he's had three years to install his schemes. What would you expect in that year with that schedule coming into that season? You expect a 10-win year. I mean, you expect them to win the Pac-12, not just win the division, but like really compete for the Pac-12 championship. Um, If it's anything less than that, no, that's missing the expectations. Don't don't reset it every year based on the factors. That's you can change your prediction for sure based on your your forecast for what it's going to look like. Um, but your expectations that's that's set at a programmatic level. That's set at the macro level where it's okay. This is three year three guys. Um, the the it's a difference. Um, so no, uh, I don't think a big year in twenty twenty is a is a is a bit too high of an expectation. That it shouldn't take that long. To, to have a, a nine or I mean, it, that's the longest it should take to have a nine or ten win season is what I'm saying. Um, comfort zone, given our continuing lack of success in football, should UCLA fans adopt another college team to root for? And if so, which one would you recommend? You know, I've given this some thought because I live in the South now and I've got a lot of good programs right near me. And I was like, okay, well, the closest UCLA analogs are like Tennessee or South Carolina or something like that. But then I was like, I can't stomach another UCLA in my life. So I think I'm going to adopt Georgia. I think everyone should adopt Georgia and enjoy some success for once. Uh, Flem55, are you a glutton for punishment? I am. Bruins310 SMP, is it time to look at Burton at QB with DTR not looking like he can read a D? Kind of went through that. Bruin Sicko, at some point with their obvious lack of pass rushers, does Coach Az start increasing the blitz packages? I like that we have our corners up on the wide receivers, sometimes at least, but if we don't put any pressure on the quarterback, don't care how good our backs for are, we will get beat. I kind of don't. I, I really don't. I, I Tracy, you know, mentioned, yeah, you bring in some different types of blitzes. I'm of a slightly different opinion that I just, I really don't see any good blitzers on this team. I don't see a good front four pass rush. I don't think they should try to make one where there one, where one doesn't exist because that's going to lead to a lot of sellout blitzes that lead to huge, huge plays for the offense. Um, I think they need to embrace the idea that they are pure bend but don't break. Never blitz, ever. Instead, play your coverage. Rush four, for sure, and you'll get home a couple of times, but just rush your four. Play coverage, um, but play aggressive coverage. Get up on the line of scrimmage. Make some tackles at or near the line of scrimmage. Um, but I don't think you can run a big blitzing scheme. I think they should be very, very rare, um, because they just don't have anybody who's getting good at it. Um, and if you don't have anybody that's any good at it, that means you have to send more to get a reasonable amount of pressure, which leaves you open for big explosive plays. Um, it's just the, the reality of the talent on the team. And I, I don't think they've made that adjustment. I saw a lot of emotional blitzing on Thursday, or at least some, and it, you know, more often than not, seem to lead to big plays for Cincinnati. Um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't chart it, but it seemed like when they brought extra, it tended to lead to to, to you know very successful plays for Cincinnati. So, I, I really don't think blitzing is the answer. I think the answer is embracing, truly embracing the philosophy of bend but don't break. And that doesn't mean play 15 yards off your guys. That's not what a good bend but don't break defense does. You play aggressive. You play tough on the on the at or near the line of scrimmage, um, especially with your secondary. Um, but you keep things, you know, 
more or less in front of you. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't think blitzing's the answer. Uh, JMU Bruins um, asks a bunch of questions for Chip Kelly. I don't know why. Uh, former Ag, is this because you picked us to beat Stanford? It is. I am at fault. Big JJ Bruin 86 would have been better to play a lesser team week one and win, but somehow somewhat hide the flaws this team needs to work on. Yeah, I mean, it wins better than a loss. Um, Bruin 14, if Yankoff became eligible prior to the season, was there any talk that he would have started against Cincy? None that I heard. Um, I don't think the thought was that he was, you know, super ready to do that. Um, but I think this was DTR's job to lose the whole way. Uh, P.E. McGuire, 43. Shouldn't DTR roll out more looking to run or complete a shorter, more open throw? And aren't the offense and reads too complicated for such a young team? I, I don't want to speak to the reads and, like, the progressions and all that stuff. I do want to say that the offense does appear to be very complicated. The amount of shifts and motions and different things going on, even if it's just window dressing on every play, it's, it seems like a lot for a, for a team to memorize um, and execute at a perfect level. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, if I if you asked me, I would probably, if you just said, is this offense too complex? I think probably yes. I think in general, in college football, you want to run something relatively simple on offense um, because guys just don't have that much time to learn the intricacies of so many different play varieties um, and execute them perfectly. And uh, it's just not enough time in college football. Uh, don't we still lack overall team speed to have decent coverage teams? defensively, I don't think this is a fast team, but I think there are some speed guys on offense, especially who will play some special teams. So no. And honestly, coverage isn't all about speed. It's uh, the decent um, special teams coverage as I'm assuming you're asking about. Um, it's staying in your lane and it's playing disciplined football. And I just, I don't think they're very disciplined. Uh, Bruin Dodger 102. Can you compare the games in which DTR played well last season versus his game this past week? How can you account for the disparities in performance? I'd have to look at the the good games last year. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen him play so nervous. He looked so nervous in this game and so amped up. I, I, I think that was a big, big part of it. I don't know if it was, you know, he was feeling a lack of comfort with a true freshman at left tackle or what, or if he was just amped up because it was game one as the true full-time starter. Whatever it was, I don't think I've ever seen him that that nervous. Uh, Lanikai76, I'll, I'll bet fewer than 50% of Bruin faithfuls have given up on CCK as well as UCLA football in total. I'll bet greater than 50%. Um, any thoughts? Uh, I was thinking about this. I think it was like 2080 going into the season. Like 20% were kind of on the fence, uh, kind of skeptical to completely non-believer. Uh, 80% still on the pretty much believing in chip. I think after that game, it's settled in at about 50-50. Um, and I think if they lose to San Diego State, it'll flip to about 80-20. I think there's going to be a diehard 20 who just kind of go down with the ship. Same way there is with every coach. Um, but, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, it's they're on the... I think it's... Uh, whatever he thinks about the non-conference schedule, I think this the, these couple of games here are, are really significant for the fans. Uh, MWMD1, outside of the gimmick success at Oregon, what evidence is there Chip Kelly is a good football coach or can build a program? Okay, I want to avoid using the pejorative gimmick. That's not a gimmick. That offense worked. It worked for Helfrick. It even worked when Oregon was going 3-9 and nine at the end of Helfrick. It has worked at every stage. Um, the evolution of that offense has worked. Scott Frost, it works. Um, tempo offenses work all over the place still. It wasn't a gimmick. It was a completely workable offense. Still is a completely workable offense at the college level with just a few tweaks. Um, so don't call it a gimmick. I think 
people calling it a gimmick is part of why Chip Kelly doesn't run it anymore. Um, so let's maybe just say, oh, that beautiful offense that Chip Kelly used to run that he should still run. Um, but, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, there isn't a ton of eff- evidence besides that offense. That offense is the evidence. Um, and I, all this sports science, nutrition stuff that people keep talking about and I keep hearing about, and great, great. Did you see an overall stronger or faster team on the field on Cincinnati? against Cincinnati because I sure didn't um so I'm glad everyone's getting a good night's sleep and they're all eating well that's very nice um maybe it'll pay off in recruiting if they you know really start recruiting here someday soon um but I I have I have no idea what the impact of any of that has been actually for on field right now maybe it'll pay off in three or four years I have no idea but no, the evidence right now is that he had a really, really good offense at Oregon um, for six years as the offensive coordinator and as the, then as the head coach. And then he was good at the Eagles for a year and a half. That's that's the evidence we have. Um, he inherited a program in a hole. Did he dig the hole even deeper to the point that he will never get out? He did dig it hole. He did dig it deeper. We'll see if he uh, if he gets it uh, gets it out. Uh, Coast to Coast 32, your thoughts on the rotation at running back? Felton had a few nice carries, but overall averaged 3.1 yards per attempt. He runs like a wide receiver, very upright, not a running back. Why not give Irby more than three carries, and why no touches for Keegan Jones? Uh, Chips using Felton 20-plus carries was as stubborn as his keeping DTR in the game. You know, I didn't actually, watching it again, I didn't think Felton was that bad. Um, He had, like, probably six runs where it was just blown up before he even had a chance to do much of anything. Um, when he had a little bit of room, I thought he was fine. You know, he's not a, he's not a pure between the tackles guy and he kept trying to bounce things out, but he was making, he was making yardage bouncing it out. Um, and yeah, he runs a little bit upright, but as like a, as like a second back, I I don't, I wouldn't hate that. Um, now should he have been the only one basically getting carries? Yeah, I don't know about that. Martel Irby looked fine and he was diving forward for carries and Maybe once they started selling out, you needed somebody with a little bit more ballast in their uh, lower half. Um, so maybe it would have made sense to have Irby out there. Um, but I didn't think Felton was that bad, actually, especially watching it again. Um, there were there were some plays where Josh Kelly wouldn't have made anything. Maybe he would have gotten back to the line of scrimmage or made a yard where Felton got pushed for a loss or or didn't get anything. But there wasn't there wasn't a ton out there um, on like probably six of Felton's runs. Um, so I thought he was fine. Uh, CK Fresh 5289. Chip trotted out that 98% participation rate. It sits starters who, if the game was important enough, would have played. If it was a game time decision, then say that, but don't say the game wasn't important enough to risk it. If it's at that point, why dress them at all? Well, f- to be clear, he didn't say this. This is something that, you know, we, we heard. Um, but, um, I, again, I don't know the circumstances of why they sat, if they pulled themselves, if the coaching staff said, no, hey, sit, whatever it was, but, um, so I don't want to speculate. Uh, the way of 2019, do you think UCLA should fire Coach As and Coach Pelham after the last game? Is it time to bring in young coaches who are hungry for success? I don't know. It's not even worth speculating about because that's not going to happen. Um, but, no, I haven't been super impressed with the defensive staff. Um, and I, I think they're – that third down defense is really bad. <laughs> I mean, what they were doing on third down – there were so many pass plays in that game where there was nobody within 15 yards of the guy when he caught the ball. And it's just, I don't know how that happens down after down, after down, after down. Some of it was those pick plays. Some of it was these comeback routes. 
but it was happening so often, and I, I, I truly don't know what they're doing schematically to make that look so bad. Um, J.R. Paul, if Chip Kelly is not going to put a few full effort into winnable non-conference games, what does that do to the theory that his recruiting plan is for increased win totals to drive better recruiting results? <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Um, yeah, if you win fewer games, you can't have a great win total at the end of the year to actually sell the recruits. That's, um, that's math 101. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 if this is all coming out of the program, all these different competing rationalizations, I, they truly are just rationalizations, um, real time rationalizations for results that are going against what UCLA thought it would get. My, my take on this whole thing is that, uh, he probably doesn't prioritize these non-conference games nearly that much, but he thought he had, he had put enough in to win. He probably overestimated his own whatever acumen, probably underestimated Cincinnati um, and what they would bring to the table. Because um, it looked like to me that they were trying to manage a game to win ugly by like three points. Um, that's what, I mean, running the ball out or trying to run the ball out um, at the end of the first half, all those dive plays to start the third quarter. I mean, it was just, they were they just looked like they were trying to drain clock at different points. It was just crazy to watch and maddening. Um, so I, I, I think they were just trying to manage and shorten that game. Um, and I think they thought maybe they would be so much better than Cincinnati that they'd be able to win it. But yeah, I don't know. It, again, that all sounds like a rationalization to me too. Um, Brew in trouble. Dave, it seems pretty clear that with great run defense and no pass rush, this team needs to use a bend but don't break that specializes in holding teams to field goals and not giving up explosive pass plays when there is a lot of real estate to cover. It will be hard for teams to score in the red zone if they can't run on us. Thoughts on whether as will make this our strategy, even if we give up 10 scoring drives, but they are all field goals, that's only 30 points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and and I didn't see it last year from Mazzanero, so I don't know if it's going to happen this year either, um, but I think that's... That's the one, the one potentially successful defense I can see this team running. Um, emphasize your run defense. Try to put enough guys in coverage that you can disrupt enough passing lanes to make passing offenses relatively inefficient. And force them to drive downfield. Um, I, I, those huge cushions have got to go, though. That, I mean, that's bend and break. Um, they need to play a little bit more aggressive on the sides and, you know, just... I mean, it'll help when Darnay gets back and they can play a little bit more, you know, maybe aggressive man coverage where and hope to stay with their guys. But frankly, when they were when they were, you know, deep covering in man, even when they got that one play over the top on um, who was it Gates, it was good coverage. They just beat him. I mean, that'll happen. But um, I think you've got to really emphasize just coverage-based defense and um, count on your defensive front to, to handle the run. Um, and I know it's not pretty and it's not happy and nobody likes that, but I think it's what you got to do. Uh, Go Bruins 34. Guess the projected attendance next week for San Diego State. We'll say 48,000. Uh, far point. Do we know if some of the injured players will be playing next game? I do not. Why such a large cushion given by our defensive backs? I don't know. Um, I really don't. Uh, it appeared to me some of the pass plays by Cincinnati were pick plays. Why no call by officials? I got the sense that they were um, more of those kind of rubs where, and it was the UCLA players running into each other more than it was Cincinnati actually actively picking a UCLA defender, which is, I think, why it wouldn't be called. But also Pac-12 refs. Uh, were you surprised at the outcome of the game? I mean, if you told me before the game, yes. 
But during the game, no. I mean, after we saw what UCLA looked like after like the opening drive or two, no, not at all. I mean, I would have. I was surprised in the sense that Cincinnati didn't blow them out actually by the end of the game. Uh, Kiwi Bruins. Does the San Diego State loss put uh, Kelly in the hot seat? <laughs> no, no, not yet. And KJL two. Uh, he says he goes with uh, Scipio Africanus for the what, ge- the general that um, Chip Kelly is like. All right, so that was a quick one, but I wanted to give you guys a quick broadcast um, in payment for missing uh, the post-game broadcast on Thursday. And we'll be back probably this week um, with another one previewing uh, San Diego State. All right, well, I will talk to you all next time. Stay safe out there. Try not to think about UCLA football, and uh, everything will be okay. Talk to you soon.